have 56,000 people coming between now and 2036. So to answer your question, the demand, the future demand is, is currently outweighing the future supply. Hello, everybody. This is The Wealthy Podcast, and today I'm talking to the Ryan Housen from PRD, partner in that wonderful business over there. Ryan and I have known each other for many, many years. Um, the PRD franchise in Newcastle is the leading agent, one of the leading agents. Ryan, have I got that correct? Well, we're the largest. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I um, mean, off the back of that, I'd like to say that we're the leading. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, I mean, I've been working with you for a long time since you basically started real estate. I've got a lot of respect for you, your business, and what's been happening in the Newcastle market. Um, I, I wanted to sit down with you to chat about what's happening in Newcastle. It's, it's been a market that I've invested in and had a, have a keen attention to it because it's a beautiful city. Um, it is aesthetically beautiful and has performed very, very well over the past 10, 15 years. It's changed an incredible amount from a, a coal mining city back in the the 90s. Um, it's it's now an education center. It's got world-class medical facilities. It's a tourist hub. Um, the city just keeps on changing. There's an incredible amount of investment that just keeps getting piled in there. Um, mate, can we just start off with, and I'll ask you the question, how has the market fared during these COVID times? Well, you're spot on, Don. I mean, you named a few really key factors there. One thing that Newcastle's always been known for is the steel and coal mining sleepy town of Newcastle, uh, full of soot. However, that has definitely changed, there's no doubt about that. And you look at the three key factors in any city in the whole world, and that's the infrastructure, retail and education, and that's what really brings people um, to CBDs and to suburbs. One thing that Newcastle has done very well is really tick a lot of the boxes in the infrastructure space and also the education space in particular. That being uh, we've just announced an international airport up there in Newcastle. Uh, we have a new light rail going through the CBD, which is giving us excellent access to then go to the heavy rail, take us straight down to Central Station, which is excellent. Um, and then universities, we have three live universities just here in the CBD alone, which is about a three kilometre radius. And then we also have the, the largest or um, a large university there in Callahan campus, which is in Jesmond, which is about 15 minutes away from the CBD. So with the driving indicators, what that's done during what your argue question was during COVID is, wow, before the second lockdown, we were seeing some traction from Sydney, Northern beaches, Sydney, people coming to Newcastle now and really looking at it as a lifestyle city, a place where you have beautiful beaches, you have excellent lake, the largest lake in the Southern Hemisphere being Lake Macquarie. Uh, we have Nelson Bay only 50 minutes away, uh, which is, you know, you look at it, it feels like you're in Mykonos in Greece. It's an incredible place to live. And I think everyone, especially with this working from home arrangement that people are getting so used to, people are like, well, what's the point in still living in Sydney if I can work from Newcastle um, close to all these beautiful amenity and, and beaches and lakes? Uh, let's do that and let's enjoy life and, and have what we call a lifestyle city style of lifestyle. I, I think that that's a really, really uh, important thing that you've highlighted there. I mean, if you have a look at the numbers, um, you know, regional New South Wales and Newcastle, it's had 20 4% price growth in houses in the last 12 months mm -hmm. and units have trailed not far behind that at uh, 18%. 18%. Huge numbers, huge mm -hmm. numbers. 
And what I really like about Newcastle, although it's, I don't even like calling it a regional city because what, it's the seventh or eighth largest city in Australia. Seventh, yeah. Seventh largest city in Australia. It's popped up on the radar as the most livable city in the world a couple of times or the most, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. It's um, Lonely Planet, scored it up there a couple of times. And as you've said, if you drive up there or down there, wherever you're coming from, you can, it feels different. It's not a sleepy city. It's full of art. It's full of culture. Um, the changes the city have done to reinvest in itself, it has been invigorated. Um, that whole West End precinct revamped. All of the East End revamped. You've got developers like Iris, uh, Third Eye, uh, Block. Um, a, a number of big developers have really invested in the city to, to change the way that it feels. And that's the commercial resa uh, retail precincts that are really coming alive. Um, I spent time in New York, a bit of a side topic. And one thing that I really appreciate, because I used to be a bartender, is that nightlife and that culture. And the one thing that I really appreciated about Newcastle is when you walk around, you, you uncover all of these hidden gems. It feels like the little prohibition bars are popping up and it's, it's really interesting to see. So do you think that it's, it's this kind of lifestyle, the culture and the prices that are driving a lot of the Sydney buyers up your way? And, and are you seeing a lot of Sydney purchases? Because, I mean, you're on the front line answering the phones. Yeah, um, just before this second lockdown, it's the most Sydney purchases I've actually seen. Um, you know, we're back in 2017, 2018, everyone used to say, oh, you know, I'm sure you're getting plenty of people from Sydney coming up and buying. But in reality, not really. Uh, only in the last six months, just before the second lockdown, was I seeing some incredible inquiries, um, in particular the Northern Beaches. Now, what I've been told, and obviously going to the Northern Beaches myself prior to being able to get there, it's a very similar sort of city in regards to what Newcastle's like. And we were seeing a lot of people getting out of there, coming up to Newcastle, either investing or even downsizing and making Newcastle their brand new home. So our sale rates, just to give you an idea and off the plan on how substantial this is, um, and this is not just Sydney, but just the attraction to Newcastle alone. August last year in off the plan, and we're probably holding about 600 units at the moment, which we can sell. Um, this time last year, we transacted in eight unconditional sales on the month of August. This August, we'll look like we're going to probably transact 30. So it's a big, big difference. That's five times um, stronger in regards to unconditional sales. And look, Sydney's still in a lockdown. So I mean, I'd only imagine what it would be like if Sydney was still able to come up here at this stage. But we are seeing incredible um, fields of demand for what we have here in Newcastle. You touched on something that I think was a sensitive topic a little while ago, and that is supply. Do you see supply being an issue in the CBD? Are there too many units for the amount of demand that's that's being put on the city? Well, it's funny you say that, and that's the number one question I get every single time. So I made sure that I'm very well educated on what the actual future demands are going to be and what the current supply is at the moment. Now, I met with Ryan Palmer, who's actually not the mayor of Newcastle. He's actually the mayor of Port Stephens, but he has a very strong pull on what the Newcastle airport is 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 doing, the international airport. Now, not only there is there's a whole RAF section. Now, he told us that there's 8,500 new jobs going to be appointed between now and 2030 
just in that section alone. Now that's 26 minutes away from Wickham, which is literally the west side of the CBD. So when you look at the stats in a whole, and if there is a, a, a something for the viewers to, to Google, that is the Newcastle Metropolitan Plan of 2036, it states that they suggest that there's going to be 56,000 new people coming into Newcastle um, to make it their home. So what that means is, for example, we're we've got about 70% of the market share in the off the plan space and we're holding 600 units. So that's going to house probably 1200 people. We're going to have 56,000 people coming between now and 2036. And that's straight off the greater metropolitan plan of 2036. So to answer your question, the demand, the future demand is, is currently outweighing the future supply. And who's moving into the city? Like who's your typical person that's buying in the city or, renting an apartment what kind of demographics are we talking so the rental and the buyers are different people um, let's talk about the buyers first now the buyers let's let's talk about for example my parents they're a uh, in their late 50s they, they live in Lake Macquarie which is literally a little bit south of Newcastle it's another whole city but we cover Lake Macquarie as well it's on the lake there but the infrastructure the coffee shops the restaurants are, are just not there now sleeping yeah, it's a bit sleepy. So they own a beautiful property out at Acadia Vale, which is um, just near Toronto or in between Toronto and Morissette, which some of you Sydney guys might know. And their new next move, and it's guaranteed, is going to be in the Newcastle CBD, probably in Hunter Street. And the reason for that is because they want to be close to the beach. They want to be close to the coffee shops. They want to be close to the restaurants and they want to be close to the infrastructure being the light rail and the heavy rail. So they can get instant access to the airport, instant access down to Sydney because they want to do a bit of travel once all of this um, falls over. So the buyer is, that number one buyer is the downsizer, local downsizer. The next closest buyer is, and this Dom, this will really resonate to you, is the guys who are like our age, right? They're 31, they're low 30s. They've done their they've done their university degree here in Newcastle because, and they're from Newcastle originally. Now they needed to go to Sydney to get the big job, the lawyer job, the accountant job, the financial advisory job. They had to go down there to get the big money to get the right training. Now they're in their mid 30s. They've just had their first or second kid. They're currently either renting or they've bought in a one bedroom or two bedroom apartment in Maroubra, let's say. They're now transacting that for one to 1.5 million. And they're going, well, hold on a second. What's the point of going down to Sydney all the time when now Newcastle, we've got your NIBs, we've got your Sparkhill Moors, we've got your DWFs, these large solicitor and healthcare uh, facilities where they are going to provide uh, excellent jobs and excellent incomes for these young professionals who now have have young families and want to come back to Newcastle where their family and all their best friends are from. So that's definitely the second biggest market we have right now. Now, the third biggest market for the purchase is Orange, Armadale, Dubbo. You got to remember only a year ago, we were in the greatest drought of all time. The last year, they have been in absolute harvest time, these farmers. They're making excellent money. They're making excellent incomes. They're coming now to Newcastle and they're seeing it as a um, exciting little city in the fact that you do have, like I said, the beaches, the coffee shops, the restaurants. Um, their kids are going to university here, a lot of them. They want to have a little bolt hole here in Newcastle and that's the investor. Now, when it comes to rentals, well, because of all these universities, a lot of them are university students, when it comes to the RAF up there at Williamtown, a lot of them are RAFIs. There's no doubt about it. So that's where a lot of that demand comes into as well. Now, last one, Dom, before I go back to you, is the third biggest renter is someone who is trying mm. before they're buying. 
someone who's coming to Newcastle, they want to rent for six to 12 months, make sure they can establish themselves with a great job, make sure their family's happy with everything, and then they'll try rent six to 12 months, then they'll say, Ryan, I'm ready to buy. I love it. And typically that's what happens. Mate, I, I resonate with everything you just said. I've, uh, I've got investors that are exactly what you've just described, where they're downsizers that just want to buy a bolt hole down in the city. They may be from the country, um, from the northern suburbs, trying to buy something in Newcastle. I've got people that are selling down to buy something over there. They've got no debt. They just want to have the lifestyle. They want to slow down. Um, also, people that are double income, no kids, maybe going to have kids in the future, early 30s, you know, six-figure salaries, moving to Newcastle because they can get a job, they can work government or St. George or NIB or one of the bigger companies. And uh, even just the fact that some of them are keeping a Sydney job, but they don't have to work here anymore. So Newcastle is a really good viable option for them. So I'm seeing a lot of income, high people with high income moving into the city which is just putting a huge amount of demand on that retail space for better, better quality shops. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see how that's changing. We're talking a lot about Newcastle as a whole, but we know it's a big area. What are some of the top markets that you think are opportunistic? Where, where would you be looking at next if you're going to be investing in the Newcastle market? Are you talking about suburbs, Dom? Yeah, suburbs or general areas, you know, that you think are just different. You know, maybe it's a house, you look over here. If it's an apartment, I'd be looking over there. What a couple, maybe your top five, if you want to go so deep or top three, whatever you think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, there's a thing that the state government of New South Wales um, did, oh, 2018. What they did was they created what they call Newcastle Growth Corridors. Now, these Newcastle Growth Corridors um, is what the the councils are wanting to have future rezonings to create further density in those areas, which is creating more demand. Now, for a house, I'd be following these growth corridors, okay, because that's where new coffee shops are going, more shops, uh, more uh, retail, more commercial, all of that is going to go as well, which is going to create more jobs and opportunity and more lifestyle. So those these suburbs are, and let me run them off, New Lambton, mm. okay, already seen a massive increase in median house price, but the parks, the schools, the sporting facilities are absolutely world-class. Broadmeadow. Broadmeadow is the home of the Newcastle, well, Newcastle International Stadium, which is McDonald Jones Stadium, which is where the Knights and the Jets play. Um, it is a really major precinct. And if you look at any sort of future light rail plans, just concept plans, Broadmeadow is at the precipice of that. New Lambton, I should say, and I did forget to say this, is is the home of John Hunter Hospital, which is New South Wales' largest regional hospital. So we see a lot of nurses and doctors who are wanting to make New Lambton their home as well as families. Adamstown. Adamstown's definitely up there as well. Reason being is we are just starting to see new high-rise developments in there. When I say high-rise, we're talking six levels, yeah. so it's nothing what you Sydney folk are used to, but that's big for Adamstown. We're seeing a lot of new townhouse development out there as well. That's about five minutes away from Merriweather, which is a very blue-chip suburb. And the reason I'm not mentioning Merriweather Bar Beach and all of that is because the median house prices are always already quite high in regards to Newcastle as a whole. What I'm talking about here is what I think is potential suburbs, which are going to have the great greatest growth in the short term. Um, the other suburb and probably the most, the one I'm thinking is strongest is Mayfield. Mayfield is a very large suburb. It has its own city centre already. 
Um, traditionally, five years ago, if I said Mayfield, people would have laughed at me. Uh, now it is, it's about 3.5 kilometres from the CBD of Newcastle. It's got a median house price now of just a tick under 600,000. The demand for first home buyers, young professionals for this suburb is absolutely monumental. And we're seeing, you know, up to 40 people through open homes for a, either two bed or a three bedroom house in that area. So just in that alone, I think they're the four suburbs that I would be looking at. And they're the four that are on the Newcastle growth corridor that the state government did announce. So talking about some of those suburbs, I want to give our listeners and viewers a bit of an understanding on what's the prices are and what you can expect is median house prices. Just just so they understand there's a lot of depth in Newcastle. What what are you paying for a house in one of your top flight areas, you know, um, the hill or Merriweather Beach or what what is what's a nice house go for over there? Merriweather Beach, so Merriweather, which is probably the most blue chip suburb. It's a big suburb, but Merriweather's known by everyone here in Newcastle. Um, median house price at the moment is 1.2 million, and that'd be for a standard three bedroom home. Um, Merriweather is, like, there is a Merriweather beach, so you are a beachside suburb. Um, when you then move on to Bar Beach, for example, uh, now Bar Beach is a much smaller suburb, and you know we have sales that do get up to seven million dollars. So the the median changes quite rapidly because we have such a large range. Because we have, you know, two bedroom units in Bar Beach which might sell for six hundred thousand, which are old and um, probably need a little bit of maintenance and whatnot. Where then you've got the the most beautiful home along Memorial Drive, um, and that that's just recently transacted for seven million, which is which is a big price. Um, so median house price of Bar Beach at the moment, I think, sits at 1.8 million. Um, the Hill, I believe, at the moment, is about 1.6 million, which is simply one suburb next to Newcastle East. Um, Newcastle East is very much um, unit-based, and essentially um, the Hill has got that that uh, house and terrace sort of housing as well, which a lot of people do rather rather than the unit style. Yeah, that's interesting. It's good to know that whenever I go into a market, I want to know where's the top of town and what's the bottom look like because when you're buying into a market, you want to know how much depth. Is there wealth there? Are people happy to spend money on a property if if something catches their eye or catches their heart? And knowing that properties are going for $7 million is an incredible price, um, one that many people probably wouldn't have put on the Newcastle postcode. So when you go there, you understand it though. The views, the, the, the... It's absolutely stunning. Let me just say that. Mm. Um, Now, if we're thinking about entering the market, I'm a first home buyer and or I'm a first time investor um, and my budget's pretty limited. I'm looking to spend less than $800,000. What would you be suggesting that we have a look at as an investor? Somewhere where I can go and spend that money and get a good yield as well with some long-term growth. Yeah, look, I think if in that sort of um, specific mindset, and if you're an investor and you just want to look for yield uh, in a growth area, um, there's a suburb called Wickham, which is literally at the west end of the CBD of Newcastle. It's what they call now the connectivity hub of Newcastle. It's where the light rail sits. It's where the heavy rail sits to go to Central Station. It's 26 minutes away from the Newcastle International Airport. It's where all the main roads stem off if you want to go down the Charlestown, if you want to go to Newcastle East, or if you want to go up the Nelson Bay. Um, it's really at the crossroads there. Now, for example, units, um, the average unit, well, the median unit price at the moment in Wickham is $600,000. 
okay? That's for a two bed, two bath, one car. And for a two bedroom unit in that location, you're looking at around that 550 a week rent. So when you look at that on a yield perspective, that's a tick under 5% gross yield. And then when you look at the demand in that area and a few of our off the plan properties that we do have, and I know Dom, you know about them, um, the sale rates at the moment, I mean, this time last year, August, we were looking at what, uh, two sales a month, which was a great month, you know, that was what it was like. Now, for example, we're up to around per project about eight sales a month, which is, you know, absolutely massive. It's four times better. So, and that's specific um, per project. But what, what that's telling me is that um, soon, sooner rather than later, these brand new um, units that have just come to the market, um, they're going to be sold out. And then next minute, we're going to have a pool of buyers going, well, where can we buy next? And at the end of the day, it's all about supply and demand. And if we have demand outweighing supply, well, that's when you start seeing some aggravated price growth. There's no doubt about it. Aggravated price growth. I haven't heard well, it coined in that team, but it, it, that, that terminology, but it feels like that. Well, aggravated is just very rapid, very aggressive. <laughs> no, no, I understand it. And I, I know that the Newcastle market has experienced that in the past, and it's funny when it does happen. And, you know, if we are if we are looking in that, that catchment area, that Wickham that Wickham hub, is is it are there any particular things that you should be mindful of if you are an investor? Something that you should be careful of or say, hey, you, you know, you can't just go into any area and buy something blindfolded. But, you know, what are some particular things that our, our listeners or, or, you know, our viewers should be cautious of when investing in that area? Well, one thing that I always look at, especially when investing, is there's a few different things. And I, I try and what we call... Um, buy something that's quite exclusive. So what I mean by that is if you have the budget, um, a penthouse is always nice, okay? Because essentially it's always gonna be a top floor. The next big thing is you look at who the buyer is gonna be in 10, 15 years time. So say for example, you're an investor and obviously 10, 15 years time, that investment might have done its job and you wanna go take that money elsewhere to find, money, to find um, extra percentage growth on something else. What I always look at is the future buyer. now. I can nearly assure you is the future buyer majority of the time for a unit is a downsizer, okay? Because that's something that um, they're the ones who are generally cash rich because they'll just sell their asset at the moment and they can move straight on in. One thing that a downsizer always asks is they either want a north or a northeast or an easterly aspect, okay? Now here in Newcastle and obviously the Southern Hemisphere, that's where you get the nice northeast breeze in the hot summer days. In the cold winters, you get the sun all day, especially that north. And that's something that a downsizer really, really wants. So if you're an investor, I'll be looking at that sort of side. There's another way you can do it as well is some of these units to create the sort of private open space guidelines that the council do impose is some units actually have uh, courtyards, which a new big thing, a new big push that um, the state governments and the legislation in every contract now is, for example, pets. You know, they're classified now under 10 kilos as companions. We see a lot that, you know, a widowed downsizer who is wanting to downsize into a unit, um, having that little bit of courtyard area could be very, very appealing to them. So they can have that little court, um, companion with them in their courtyard. They can still have their relatives, cousins, um, grandkids come over and they have that little bit of space. So on a capital growth uh, perspective, because you do have something a little bit different, I think that's really going to benefit you um, moving forward on your investment journey. 
So you're saying pay a premium for something that's exclusive, that's got something unique, a courtyard, that aspect. These are the really important things and you should pay a premium for that because you'll pick it up down the road. Well, that's exactly right. It just You just have a bigger buyer pool for 10, 15 years time. And look, unless the, the sun comes up the other way, which I don't think it's ever going to do, come up in the west and go down in the east, um, it's going to stay like that forever. And I can dare assure you, for example, come back to my parents, they will not ever buy anything other than north or northeast aspect. It's just instilled in their brain and they'll never, ever miss. Whatever they need to pay, they'll find the money to pay that, to get that aspect. And I can nearly... Any issues with west? Well, look, west, you get the hot afternoon sun. And in hot summer, you've got to make sure that you've at least got some nice blinds and some good air con. Okay. I don't mind the westerly aspect because you've got that beautiful afternoon sunset. So I sit on the balcony, wine, cheese, all the rest of it. You know, you can sit out and, and it feels like that's when I actually get to see the sun. Look, I'm not up early enough to see the sunrise, I can tell you that. Well, look, the beautiful thing with west is in the summer, It's uh, sorry, in winter, it's absolutely beautiful. There's no doubt about it. You get beautiful sun. Just in them hot summer days, they can be pretty, pretty tarnishing here. And... Um, Look, I'm not writing it off. I'm just saying that you'll generally it'll be generally a little bit more, um, generally a little cheaper on the Western aspect. Okay, this is really good feedback, Ryan. I really appreciate the market intelligence. You're up there. You're seeing a lot of properties pass through your hands. I know that you're picking up some of them for yourself. Yeah. Um, is there any parting words of wisdom that you want to leave our audience or our listeners today? Um, the biggest thing that I would say is. Uh, if you're a buyer or if you want to know more about Newcastle, do your research. The best way to do research, I find, is two things. Talk to a local agent or someone who knows the area, okay, and I'm very happy to help there. But secondly, um, if, you, if you feel like you want to get some third-party information, um, go online and look at these documents that the government put in place. Now, the government put in a place, and this is how crazy it is, we know what the plan is or what the concept plan is for 2036 today in 2021. So have a look at what the future infrastructure plans look like. What Have a look at what the future education plans look like. Have a look at what the future retail plans look like. And here's the three documents I want you to write down and have a look on Google. I want you to look at the new Wicker Master Plan, which is just um, a new one just come out, 2021 one. It's called the Wicker Master Plan 2021 revised. The next one is the greater metropolitan plan of 2036 okay that's a big one the next one is the hunter street revitalization plan have a look at these three documents and you'll see absolute gold of what the future does hold for newcastle and at cbd in particular and what sort of infrastructure and what sort of money is going to come on in and now that's only the government saying that what that also brings it then brings private investment like some of these developers like iris capital who are then going off the back of it we're seeing monumental amount of construction jobs going on here. We're seeing big birds, um, big cranes up there in the sky. I think uh, January this year, we actually had the most cranes in the sky out of all of Australia with six. So uh, Newcastle is definitely happening. We're seeing a lot of movement here. So they're probably the two big things. Have a chat to an agent or someone who you know, like and trust up here to give you a bit of an information pack and have a look at those three documents online. That's my last words of wisdom. Mate, that's, it's certainly not going to be your last. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of phone calls after this, and there's plenty more wisdom where that came from. But just to rehash it, we've got the Newcastle Growth Corridors, which is one you said earlier. You've got the Wickham Master Plan. You've got the Greater Metro Plan, and then the Hunter Street uh, 2036. 
No, nah, so Greater Metropolitan Plan of 2036. Yes. And then we've got the Hunter Street Revitalization Hunter Street Revitalization. Yep. I've got some uh, some reading to do. Mate, it's in big documents. You'll spend a few weeks on it. No yeah, these, these aren't the first of the kind that I've had to read. And are there any hints or tips for people that are going to jump into those documents? Is there anything specific? Because I know that you can get lost in a whole heap of, you know, government guff. Is there anything that you sort of flick to and say, hey, that's interesting or anything that really stands out to you that an investor should be paying attention to? Look, what I do, Dom, and because um, there's a lot of reading, I go straight to the pictures because the pictures, they have a little key at the bottom of them and they tell you exactly what the picture is and what it's future for. So just keep scrolling down, see a picture, have a little read to that, and it'll tell you what the actual is going to look like. That's what I look at. Look, it's not a bad plan because they're normally spending the most amount of money on the pictures and they're the ones they're trying to sell. So let's go, go to the picture parts of the big book. It costs you the most to produce the pictures, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Ryan, I really, really do appreciate it. Um, all the best for you and the team, your amount of knowledge. Anyone that wants to reach out to Ryan, feel free to give him a call. Ryan Houston, he's, uh, you've got that special display suite down on Hunter Street where you can have a chat to, uh, about all things property with him and the team. Um, anyone that has any questions for me and the team, leave it in the comments, subscribe, like, send us all your friends. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and uh, hope to see you all soon. Thanks, Tom.